on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Vox on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, August 28th. LA Galaxy 3-0 victors over the Chicago Fire on Saturday night, now getting rapidly ready for for a trip up to San Jose to take on the Earthquakes for the third such Cali Classico of the year. That means they actually get to play at uh, PayPal Park there uh, as well, so no Stanford Stadium this time. So we're going to get you ready for that game, talk about the game that was on Saturday night, uh, and get you through any other news nuggets that have dropped in that little bit of time that we've had to help me do all that. We're glad to have him back. It's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Rough day today. Had to go to the DMV and get a new uh, apply for the driver's license renewal. Yeah, and 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 you, you made it. Did they? Uh, did you use the same internet connection you're using now? The eight bit one with the modems? That no, no, no. I actually I hadn't fed the hamsters. That's why it's a little squirrely here today. Um, no, I actually went over there in person. And the DMV, if you haven't been there lately, is kind of like the cantina scene from star wars you see a lot of people in there that you don't see in the daily you know you know on the street in a daily basis so that was weird but i got it done everything good so it is that you mentioned cali classico mm-hmm. is this still uh with the lafc rivalry and all the other stuff is this still a big game it's an important game one i think it's because it's in conference two it's san jose i mean listen it's like you it's like a lot of people like to make this argument, but it's like you can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Like there can't be two rivalries, like they can't be two important games, right? I'm not gonna say that it's on the same level as an El Trafico. No, it's not. And it hasn't been, and people who pretend it is are incorrect, right? There is a hype, a buzz, and everything that is going on. Now, what San Jose has become has been become a game that is difficult for the LA Galaxy to win. Uh, a lot of times when they go up there, but it has become a game that is uh, more important than just a Western Conference rival. It's still an important game, and you still want the bragging rights. The fact that Galaxy haven't lost this year to San Jose is a good thing. If you finish the season without having lost to San Jose that whole whole, whole year, that's a good thing as well. So uh, there's still there's still animosity there. Trust me. It's just like you know, it, it's like the little brother. Uh, San Jose is like the little brother. It's like okay, it's important, but it's it's not the end of the world anymore. So when San Diego enters the league, do we have a sort of California rivalry? Uh, is there? I think you talked about this earlier. Is there going to be some sort of a cup, or should imagine. there be some sort of? Yeah, there should be. There should be. There should be some sort of like California Cup, right? Because you're going to have how many teams? Let's see. You're going to have San Jose. You're going to have LAFC. You're going to have the LA Galaxy. You're going to have San Diego. Um, is that it? There's more, right? What? Who else am I missing? I feel like I, there's, there's only, only four. four. Okay, there's four. There's only four. That's okay. But you could throw Orange County and. Republic and Oakland Roots in there if you wanted. I mean, yeah, you can, but you're not going to. Um, not not, not to San Diego Loyal, which makes me really think that the the Loyal kind of were not maybe particularly honest when they started out. I don't remember them talking specifically about being a placeholder, trying to be the next MLS team. But when MLS went around the Loyal and started their own franchise with another group of owners, all of a sudden the Loyal says, we're out. Yeah, well, they said that they can't find a uh, they can't find a, a a place to play, right? And that was always part of their their whole thing, and they don't want to move the team somewhere else. So yeah, I mean, if you don't have the pockets in order, it's it, it's about money, Kevin. I, I know this is going to be shocking and surprising to everyone. It's about money, uh, and the pockets that you need uh, to be an expansion club in in Major League Soccer anymore five hundred million plus, six hundred million plus. I mean, it's a ton of money now. 
um, especially with Messi in the league now and everything else that is going on. There's a lot of TV money involved. There's a lot of just straight up cash involved just getting into that market. I think San Diego is going to be a great market for soccer. Um, but yeah, it's it's disappointing because I think the San Diego Loyal have such a uh, no pun intended, loyal fan base, right? They've really developed a, a really good niche down in San Diego. And because of that, you'd like to see them be that MLS team. They're not going to be. And I don't think their owners are like, I don't think Landon has $500 million in order to to play that game. And I don't think the other owner who was there, um, you know, has that kind of money either. And so I think they were hoping they were going to attract some quality investors there. And it didn't happen. You know, look at Sacramento. Well, I- Sacramento was on the verge of being an MLS uh, an MLS expansion franchise, and their money went away. It's all about money. Big surprise. Well, well, and you talk about the expansion fee, San Diego, record $500 million. That's why we're not going to see uh, promotion relegation in MLS anytime soon. You're not going to pay $500 million to go into a league knowing the first season out, many, many teams struggle. You could be relegated for your second season and wind up playing in a high school stadium in Oklahoma in the USL championship. Um, so, you know, you're not going to have pro- promotion relegation as long as there is that huge disparity between the facilities and the expansion fees and all that. It's, and and then when you talk about San Diego, it is a really good soccer market. But it, when the MLS team comes, they'll have a, an MLS team. They'll have the best, one of the best NWSL teams with, with star power, Naomi Girma and Alex Morgan and all those people down there. And then, you know, there are a ton of San Diego people that go across the border and are Sholos supporters. Yeah. So, and and the city is not that big, you know, compared to say L.A. Um, so it 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 can't support four teams. So the loyal loyal was unfortunately the odd person out. Yeah, it, it's always interesting on that. Um, yeah, again, it just comes down to money. Guess what? You, you talk about promotion and relegation. You're never going to see promotion and relegation in Major League Soccer, at least not in my lifetime. Not going to happen. And that's I still plan on living at least another forty years. It's not happening. It will forty. That would that would not even barely get you to eighty. I know I'd be 82. That's okay. I'm, I think that's so you're gonna good. cash it in at 82. Hey man, I'm just anything over 80 is a blessing. That's all I'm saying, right? So, but I, it's not gonna happen. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think MLS eventually has to stop growing, which is probably fine because they have some, some, some problem teams. I mean, you know, quite honestly, Colorado is a problem team, right? You have some of the original teams that aren't spending money. Remember, they created a whole. Uh, separate section of Major League Soccer at the league office to sort of help these quote-unquote struggling teams uh, and some of those original teams, maybe New York Red Bulls, although um, there's some some interesting names being uh, being linked with Red Bull and, and ter- includes uh, including uh, Anton, Anton Griezmann, right? So that's there. Um, we'll see. There's just, there's just all this stuff. That's, there's fluid. I just think you're going to see a lot of money being spent in the next three or four years. When Messi came in, they brought a lot of money. There, there's going to be a lot of money. There's going to be a lot of sort of attacking uh, of of players from outside. You have, um, you know, the Saudi league trying to to pull in a lot of players too. MLS is going to have to respond to that in some way. They're going to do it the MLS way, which I think is going to be uh, sustainable and smart. But there's a lot of clubs who are ready to spend some big money on big players. So I think that's coming. I think the Galaxy are one of them, quite honestly. And I know you didn't want to get off on this discussion, but you keep giving me like really interesting uh, conversation points. The Saudi League is a good example. Um, MLS cannot afford to, to participate in that escalating salary war, and I hope they don't. And it would destroy the league. No, nobody, would, nobody can though, Kevin. That's the whole thing. Nobody can. Yeah. Which is which is let's and Saudi can. They can do it. They have the so they have the money to be sustainable in that if they want to do that for a while. They can outspend everybody. So let them do their thing and let it do whatever it's going to do. Yes, continue. But the MLS argument is the exact one that Messi's wife made is that's a lot of money. They offered him $1.6 billion, allegedly, over three years. And she said, I don't want to live in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, Leo Messi doesn't really have to chase every nickel. So they were able to come here. And I think that's the MLS argument because we're not going to be talking about upcoming players, you know, up and coming players. We're going to be talking about the Ronaldos and the Messi's and the Mbappe's. And, you know, the argument that MLS would make if they get into a bidding war with those teams is, hey, take the Saudi money if that's what you want. you got to live in Saudi Arabia. Good luck. Have fun. I'm sure your wife will love it uh, and your daughter and, you know, your mother and everyone else. Or, or come to the United States. You know, come to L.A. Come, you know, we go to the beach. And, you know, hobnob with Tom Cruise if you'd like to do that. Uh, that's what David Beckham did. And, you know, that's a really good argument. But And, and then you talk about the size of the league. I personally think MLS has got to stop growing. I agree with you on that. However... Those expansion fees um, are have been what's keeping MLS afloat. Five hundred million dollars. You can't turn that down. And the other argument that Don Garber makes, Don Garber, of course, doesn't really talk about the money part of it because 
it, it makes it look like they haven't made a profit, which they haven't yet. The league as a whole has not made a profit yet, and they're in their what twentieth season. But what does that mean? That was pre- profit in quotation marks. They do. Oh, yeah. Trust me. There's some. There's some creative accounting going on to ensure they don't make a profit. They're doing just fine right. though. But Don, one of Don Garber's arguments is this is yes, it's the biggest league in the world, but it's also the one of the biggest countries that has a professional soccer league from coast to coast. And it's a continent sized country. So there are places, there are corners of this of this continent sized country um, that don't have teams, markets that could afford to have teams that would support teams like Detroit and perhaps Las Vegas or Phoenix. Um, you know, there are problems with those markets, but it, it's not like MLS has got to the point where, oh, we're trying to expand into Iowa City or Cedar Rapids, they still have legitimate markets to expand to and corners of this country that don't have teams. Right, right. No, and, and the, the, you know, but I, again, I don't think we're going much past 32, 34. I think that's going to be it. You have to, you still have to do stuff in order to really, I mean, you really have to do stuff to settle that down, Kevin. There's so much travel and there's so much stuff going on. I think the regionalize is fine. But I really want to get rid of the three games you play against one opponent in your conference. That has to go away. That's just stupid. Um, well, so- I think we're 10, 10, 10 teams, uh, three conferences, divisions, whatever you want to call it, of 10 teams. I think that works. You could uh, cut down on travel. You could have a balanced schedule. You would have to play some interdivisional games, of course, but that's fine. Um, I, I think two conferences of 15 teams, the, the travel is just a little bit too much. The scheduling gets to be a little bad, and, and it, I guess, would wind up being balanced. But I like the idea of three three divisions of ten teams. Yeah. Um, and then you have the, the three champions, and, and maybe two wild cards from each. You know, and then you get your 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 playoff yeah. bracket works. The, the playoffs have to be squeezed too. There's too many playoff games. We'll we'll, we'll get there anyway. It's just interesting. I, I noticed you had your your Spain um, shirt on, and I was wondering if you were also on I a do. hunger strike. No, I am not hunger striking. I am total. I am totally. Uh, Jenny Contigo, I, I'm on her side. By the way, if you're looking at the what Luis Rubiales did when he grabbed Jenny Hermosa on both sides of her head and pulled her in for a lip-on-lip kiss, which now uh, Spanish authorities are, are beginning to investigate whether they should charge him with uh, sex crimes, um, the rest of that award ceremony, um, he lifted players up, he grabbed them, um, He uh, one woman he uh, threw over his shoulder. This guy's got to go. And um, it, it, it Spain should be celebrating its first women's world championship in its third World Cup. This should be a celebratory moment. And instead, we have over 80 players on the Spanish national team and some men's national team players saying they will never play for Spain again as long as Ruby Alice is part of the federation. So uh, this is a really dark moment. Gotta 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 love uh, love guys just exposing themselves like that in terms of like oh well uh, I I guess you didn't know I was a, an idiot. Uh, and a sexist pig. I guess you didn't know, but now you know, so that's good. Uh, $5 super chat from Tim. He says, is Jalen Neal still nursing his growing injury? That's the, the Greg Vanny groin injury. He can't say groin. He says growing. Uh, he says, go geez. Thanks, Josh. Uh, yes, he is. Greg Vanny talked about that again today. Um, basically, and, and uh, I'll, I'll sort of, t- I, we've touched on this before. Uh, Damien asked some good questions today about, particularly about the the groin injury and, and sort of what, they, it's a, it's a, a use injury, right? It's an exhaustion injury. It's a, whenever it gets used, um, then it's a fatigue injury. That's what the word I was looking for, a fatigue injury. So it could be good for the first 20 minutes of the game, but then it comes back. It could be good at the beginning of training, but then it comes back, right? And so the only thing that they can really do, Kevin, uh, is try and give them as much rest as possible um, and to take anti-inflammatories. I guess you could even get like a shot into the into the area as well, which doesn't sound comfortable at all. Um, and, and do all of these things that can sort of help him recover. Uh, if they help him recover, then he can come out there. I think if I'm reading between the lines for Greg right now, what they're trying to do is set him up so that way he can play the rest of the season, right? And so they're trying to get him to a point where it's not bothering him so that way he can go the rest of the season, start every game and sort of do what he needs to do. Uh, I think Damian was correct in pointing out today at the uh, thing. He goes, but you do have depth there now. Chris Mavinga comes back from his red card suspension, right? So you don't have to deal with Sabaleta. Um, you have uh, uh, you have Maya Yoshida in there now, who we are going to talk about here in a second. So they have Tony Alfaro, who's there as well. They have the depth. They've been able to rebuild that in that area. So if they do have a problem with Jalen, if they do need to shut him down, which you hope they don't, 
um, then they still have the ability to to sort of work around that. So that's that's sort of the answer did, on the injury. Yes. Did they do media today because yes. they're flying tomorrow? Uh, I think they did media today because it's match day plus two. So usually match day plus two is the day that you do media. When do they fly up? Do you know? Uh, I can tell you. Um, I don't have it. I didn't look at the thing because usually they fly up the day of for. Uh, for yeah, work. and Colorado told. Colorado told me they fly for Western Conference games. They fly the day of the game. I always think that's a little dangerous. If you run into any kind of problems, um, players, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to take a flight, even if it's only a couple of hours, like mm-hmm. Colorado to L.A. I wouldn't want to take that flight, get off the plane and have to go play. I I'd think rather the, go to a hotel and sleep in. I think the players much prefer traveling up the day of, quite honestly. But that's just that's just me. Um traveling la galaxy personal that's friday nope that's too far that's why that's why i couldn't figure out they're traveling on wednesday they'll travel okay. in the morning they'll travel in the morning so and then they have that long commute from that airport uh, <laughs> yeah yeah around the, the corner the stadium yeah, yeah. I, I think they let the charters park on that side of the airport so i think that literally they, they can just, just walk like walk over. across the street yeah so that's one of another reason why it's kind of a, a, a good way to do all right let's talk about the are, are you gonna sing yeah, well, before we talk about the Chicago game, Billy Sharp scored the last goal, and you're going to sing your song, right? It's not my song. I, I, I know that I introduce things to you all the time, and then you suddenly associate those things with me, but the Billy Sharp song is not something that I created, nor is it something I came up with. I just sing it because people have been texting it to me now, all don't day run away on from Twitter. It. Don't run away Billy from it. Billy Sharp, do, 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 do. Billy Sharp, do, 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 do. Billy Sharp, do, 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 do. Billy Sharp. I'm sorry, that's weak. We gotta come up. I I am not a song songwriter. I do not have any other ideas, but I just my gut reaction is that's a weak song. It's it's the Jamie Tart one that rolled over from, of course, Ted Lasso, which is your favorite show. Does that make you feel any yes, better it about is. it? <laughs> uh, I like the Roy Kent song better. Should, should I tell everybody He's here, he's there? Yeah, you're not allowed to say that one though. <laughs> uh should I tell everybody how 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 you almost freaked out because you didn't get your your Ted Lasso stuff? Or is that 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 was a conversation we weren't supposed to have on air, if I remember correctly? That was a conversation that was that was we weren't supposed to have on okay, air. Okay, I was just checking. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yes, that's the 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 of course that's Baby Shark. So if you're a parent, you know that uh, that song all too well. Um, and so uh, I hope you I hope you enjoyed that. But yeah, that that was that was I believe that was actually one. There were chants for Billy Sharp in the Chicago game. They were like, "We want Billy, we want Billy," and then he came in. Uh, to play. I, I told Kevin when we started the show, I said that Billy Sharp, he's a national treasure, but he's not really he he's he's from the UK. So he's not exactly an American national treasure, but he's a UK national treasure. And I think uh, uh, maybe uh, the Americans might want to adopt him a little bit, too. So this guy's played, like I think, 646 games, most in the championship league, one league two. Um, you know, he scored just a ton of goals over there. Um, and then when he comes into the first of all, I loved him post game talking about the storm how he didn't mind the rains at all, reminded him of home, and how he went shopping for um, uh, food and water at Costco. So he's already fit in. But the thing that the thing that impressed me, he was on the field for seconds before he ran straight into the goalpost trying to get a, a, a header on, a, I think, a corner kick. Um, you it was, know, it was, people a, it was about, across to the back post, and he thought he was going to get there. And I think the goalkeeper either got a hand on it or was headed away. And he thought he would... He, he told us, and then he goes, I thought the ball was going to be there. And he just... I mean, first of all, not a small guy. He's muscular. He's a big dude, but that means you get a lot of momentum moving forward, Kevin. And he clamored into that upright, like, like I'm like, oh, he just died. That's I was like, I just yeah, watched I the guy the die. Same thing. I thought. I first, my first thought was, whoever hit the goalpost is dead. And then my second thought was, is that Sharp's number? I mean, I'm just not. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just not. And this is not to be a a, a negative remark against any player, but I'm just not used to some of these European players coming on. And being that invested, you know, oh. in in MLS, bought right in. from the start, he's bought in, hundred percent. It's it's funny because, or, or maybe it's not funny, but I I find it a little like in, introspective looking back at Agent uh, Garza was posting about the Luca knows heart game, um, and I retweeted that and I thought about how genuine of a character AJ Delagarza is, right? And you and I have dealt with him for years. Um, you know, I'm glad that he's retired now so I can tell you that I was always rooting for him. He was one of my favorite players to watch, to play, and just to do. And during that year, whenever uh, Luca was born and then ultimately passed away, 
Uh, AJ would call into the show all the time. I mean, he was, he called in from the hospital multiple times. I mean, he wanted to do it. He never said no. And it was always like, hey, you don't have to do this. But if you're available, we'd love to have you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. You know, no problem. I'll be there. And then, you know, he and then we find out he goes, actually, I'm at the hospital right now. We're like, why are you talking on the phone to us? Like, this is not important. But he's a genuine character. Right. And you can tell that he's not faking it. He's not putting you on. He genuinely loves the club. He genuinely loves to play. Anything he says is the truth. Right. That's that type of thing. I get the same stuff and I know it's short, but you listen to Billy Sharp talk and <laughs> he talked about running into the post and he goes, yeah, I'm going to feel that one tomorrow, you know, and but like the, the whole deal. But he's like, I'm 37 years young. He goes, not old, young. I'm 37 years young. I, you know, I want to be here. I want to score goals. I owe Ricky Pooj one. That was one that I was like, I owe Ricky one because he let me take the shot. Did you see uh, Maya Yoshida? This is a little behind the scenes, too, in the press conference. Uh, Maya got done and Billy Sharp was coming next and they crossed paths for a second and Maya saw Billy Sharp and he gave him a, a bow whenever he said he was, he was like, oh, he was and they were excited to see each other. And Sharp gave him applause. Right. He did. Going to mini standing ovation. Yep. And by the way, one more note on AJ Delagarso. I don't yeah. want to get too far away from him. Um, this was really subtle, but I picked up on it. Um, he went to the Charlotte LAFC game over the weekend and posted pictured selfies of himself in the stands wearing a Charlotte T-shirt. He he said that he was moving there so that way they could be. That was one of the reasons that he picked uh, picked uh, you know uh, North Carolina and Charlotte so that way they could be close to Charlotte and go to games. So he he backs it up. And again, genuine. That's genuine. He wanted to be somewhere. He wanted to make sure that there was a team there to sort of watch. But back to Billy. There is such a respect for Billy already in the locker room. You can see it building. Um, but Billy in shows that in turn. It's like, oh, I respect. He, he's like, I respect this club so much. I want to win. We need to clean some things up. And but he talked about Maya, and he goes, he goes, I know Maya's really proud of that clean sheet, and he should be. You know, it's one of those things. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you between Maya Yoshida, between Billy Sharp, the Galaxy, and I know Greg Vanny said it, and I was sort of, I was like, oh well, he said that they got more mature. They did though. Like even just talking to those two people, just. After this game, Kevin, did you not get the sense that the Galaxy are a more mature team with those two guys there? It feels like it to me. Well, here's another thing with Billy Sharp. It's his, he said his wife and kids were at the game. And he's only coming, you know, the season's got, you know, two and a half months, right? Three months left. Mm -hmm. He's got his family over here already. Uh, that's a big move for them. Um, and, you know, it, again, it's that sign that he's committed. But the thing I like, oh, and Yoshida said something really interesting. Yes, they did get the clean sheet. By the way, it's the first clean sheet in a victory since late May. Um, so that's a big step forward. They did have a clean sheet in June, but it was a scoreless draw. Yoshida said he just tried to keep things simple, which, you know, I don't know how, if you, people understand how much of a stud Yoshida is. He's played in the World Cups with Japan, former Japanese national team captain, one of their all-time leaders in, in appearances, uh, played in the Bundesliga. I mean, this guy is, is a stud, and he came over here, and it was like, like I've only been here three weeks. You know, I'm just going to keep it simple, right. And just try to do the basics correctly. I uh, almost got an assist on that first goal. It was originally credited with an assist, which um, it didn't deserve, and it was uh, taken away. But I mean, he was in the mix. Um, the thing I like about the additions is, and, and I mean, having just said Yoshida is a stud, and having you go wax so eloquently on Billy Sharp. I, and then Cerillo might have played the best game of, of all three, and we didn't even get Fagundes on the field. We'll talk right. about that later. But I see these as pieces, additions that are important, but not like Ricky Puig or Puj. They're not going to change the way the team plays. This guy's not going to light up and score a ton of goals. I mean, maybe maybe Sharp is going to score some goals, but I don't see these additions as being additions that – totally remake the team like Messi in, in inner Miami. Right. I see these as additions that add to what's already there. They're important pieces. They fill some holes, but they don't change the whole chemistry and culture of the franchise like Messi did. Right. Uh, uh, Sophie, by the way, is in the chat room. She says, uh, meat pie sausage roll. Come on, Billy, give us a goal. Right. So there, that's good. That, I'll take that one. I yeah, like that. That's one. that's too English. What? You, you stop. Stop sucking up to English. I love Sophie too, but you know she lives here for a reason. Okay. Just I'm I'm telling you, love yourself. Um. So uh, what's the reason? What's the reason? <laughs> because the weather's a lot better than the UK. That's why. <laughs> um. Lasso's optimism chimes in. Ten dollars super chat. Hi Josh. Hi Kevin. Saturday's game was entertaining for sure. Plenty of the expected rust and growing pains. Seems like our main guns were actually a legitimate threat. What do you guys think? 
I mean, we're, let's talk about it a little bit. Let's look at the lineups, and then we'll we'll get to it. And then uh, Raphael gave us gave us a five dollars super chat. That's what's going on with Efra, and I would love to tell you, except that dude Ooh. ain't on the team sheet, so I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. He, he not there. That's what. That's that's the real answer. Uh, getting paid seven hundred eight hundred thousand dollars and not on the team sheet. I did not hear that he's injured. Uh, Greg Vanny today said that he thinks the team is very healthy and did not mention Efra and Alvarez. They're very healthy outside of the, and he made this clarification outside of the three uh, three season-ending injuries. But otherwise, they're 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 fairly well back in it. Let's go to the starting lineup for this game. Jonathan Bond and goal. Uh, it was Caligari on the right. Zavaleta starting probably for the fact that Neil wasn't available. That um, that Chris Mavinga was suspended with his red card suspension. Right, so that's why he wasn't there. Maya Ishida gets his first start. Raheem Edwards on the left hand side. Edwards had a mixed bag. We'll talk about him. Uh, Uri Rossell in there. Edwin Cerillo. Then you had Douglas Costa, Ricky Puj, Tyler Boyd, and then up top, Dayon Jovalic. I said before the game, Dayon Jovalic is auditioning to stay on the LA Galaxy because quite honestly, if he doesn't start scoring goals, I don't see him long-term staying with the LA Galaxy or at least not long-term starting with the LA Galaxy, right? So um, we can talk about a little bit about him as well. When you looked at it, Kevin, the big deal here is that after you talk about that starting lineup, you go to the bench. And for the first time in a very long time, the LA Galaxy had real depth on that bench, right? Julian Aude, Tony Alfaro, uh, 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 Mitrovic is on there, right? Now, Mitrovic is interesting. I didn't hear anything about any injuries to Jonathan Klinsman. Could that relationship be coming to an end here pretty quickly for the LA Galaxy? Because as far as I'm concerned, that is a coach's decision on Mitrovic uh, getting the bench over Jonathan Klinsman. And Mitrovic had an outstanding League's Cup, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's next in line. I, In fact, if I'm Jonathan Bond, I might be a little worried about Mitrovic. Uh, the Galaxy have to decide whether or not they can keep him uh, because he's on loan, so trying to keep Mitrovic, trying to keep Caligari also on loan, right? Those are two guys to watch in the offseason. Mark Delgado coming off an injury. He's on the bench. Uh, Kelvin Leardam, Michael Berrios, Diego Fagundes, wearing number 14, apparently, according to this, uh, Billy Sharp, and then Daniel Aguirre. There's depth here. There were game changers here. There were things that you could have done to Chicago that Chicago had no answer for, and I think the Galaxy did those pretty well. Now, in the whole term or the whole scheme of things, Kevin, we have to talk about the fact that in the 27th minute, uh, there was a red card. Uh, by the way, should have been a straight red. Uh, I would have been fine with that. Uh, so should have been a straight red or or the fact it was a second yellow is fine as well. But the yellow galaxy go up and then they score on the resulting set piece from that. The galaxy have struggled and Greg Vanny mentioned it today in training. The galaxy have struggled, Kevin, and quite honestly, taking care of business whenever they're given sort of these gifts. Right. You go down, you get in the 27th minute. You're going to play up a man for the rest of the game. Can you take advantage of it? And what do the LA Galaxy do? But they score on that resulting uh, free kick. So now it's one nothing, and you have 10 men. You're like, good. They probably should have scored another goal before halftime, but they get that second goal from Ricky Puj and Douglas Costa, right? And then Billy Sharp puts in the penalty kick that Daniel Aguirre drew um, late in the game when Chicago was tired and they had already run them into the ground pretty well. They took care of business, Kevin. And quite honestly, this LA Galaxy team has struggled to do that. So Greg Vanny called it a professional win. The fact that they hadn't played in almost four weeks, right? 28 days since the last time they played and that they were able to go out there, handle business, do what they needed to do. Yes, the red card changes the game and Maya Yoshida mentioned it. The bunch of guys mentioned it. Hey, the red card helps us out. But then we took care of business. Professional win for the LA Galaxy. And that's not something that we have seen a lot of this season. Well, you talked a lot on Saturday. You kept saying over and over again, you know, it's against 10 men, it's against 10 men, calm down, it's against 10 men. Yeah, that's true. But still, as you mentioned, the Galaxy took care of things. That, even before the red cards, the first 27 minutes, I thought they were definitely controlling the game. They they came out looking like a team that hadn't played in a month in that they had a lot of energy. They were all over Chicago from the start. Um, and the possession, as you see, you know, they had the ball about an hour of the 90 minutes. Right. Um, uh, they they outshot uh, Chicago by a wide margin. Goals on uh, shots on goal by a wide margin. Um, I, I just thought that they looked really good. They came out very aggressive, and yes, they they had some opportunities that they didn't uh, necessarily take care of. But I thought, all in all, I thought there was way more positives than there were negatives in this uh, in this game. And you also mentioned earlier on social media you thought Diego Costa was the best nope. player of the game. I totally nope. agree with no, that. Not that guy. Try try the other try the other uh, other other guy. Not Diego Costa. Douglas Costa. Douglas Costa. Or well, at, Diego 
Diego would have been just as good though. No, I, I no, think Douglas Costa was well, I thought he would, you know, his it was his cross or his, his free kick into the box and set up the first goal. He had an assist on the second goal. I thought he had a great game and and I started wondering he's had a couple of good games now late in the summer. Where did this come from because we were talking about in the spring like maybe the Galaxy were going to buy him out. He didn't look like he was interested at all in being part of this team. He surely didn't look like he was interested in playing, and he didn't look like he was on the same page with the rest of the team and the coaching staff as far as strategy and tactics. And now he's really put together, I think, a string of really impressive performances. Yeah, this is this is Doug Costa now, not Douglas Costa. Douglas Costa is the one who's really bad. So Doug gets it right. And he's not Diego either. Yeah, he's not Diego. It's Doug. Um, so Doug is out there balling. I mean... The amount of tracking back he did on defense, the amount of breakup plays that he had, um, the fact that he was chasing his ability to come from the inside or from the outside and run in to come across to create lanes to do all those things that you really you expected him to do. I mean, some of it has to be fitness, Kevin. Right. Some of it has to be that he hasn't been this fit because Greg Vanny talked about that a lot. I always thought maybe that was a crutch more than anything that they, oh, well, you know, he's not fit. He's had a lot of injuries. And that is certainly one of the things that has held him back from being, uh, you know, a regular part of this LA Galaxy side. But for me, it's the engagement. It's he's there. He's locked in. He wants to do, he wants to do good. Somebody, was arguing with me on Twitter, maybe just discussing. I don't want to say arguing, but they were like, you know, the reason that he's so motivated is because he knows he's out of contract and he needs to find a place to play. If that's the case, that's fine because the Galaxy could use that. But to me, it feels different than that. He should have been engaged this entire year if that was the case, knowing that he needed to go somewhere and needed to do something. Remember, this is a guy who was out shopping for places to plan, places to land before the season started. And we thought that maybe Douglas Costa wasn't even going to be a part of this team whenever it's whenever the season started this year, right? So... This is a guy that I thought was very much checked out. He's very much checked in now. Um, it, it's funny because you're going to get... It, it's like you can start to rely on some of these guys to give you consistency. Ricky Poosh, you're going to get consistency out of. Uh, people make too much of his giveaways with his passes. Ricky tries stuff. He tries to thread the ball in between people. He tries to break through lines. Sometimes those passes don't come off, right? Sometimes that puts the LA Galaxy in a bad position whenever he gives the ball away. But the bottom line is that that guy is going to give you better on most nights than he's going to give away. In fact, by a two to one margin most of the time, right? Two thirds of his passes are going to make it, you know, maybe even higher than that because he's probably in the 80% in terms of passing and everything else. You get a consistency from him. You're starting to get a consistency from Douglas Costa. You're starting to get a consistency from Tyler Boyd. Um, Boyd has been a big part of the offense down this stretch. Uh, that's that was his fifth goal, I believe, on the season. Um, yeah, leads the team. Leads the team. He has been a real deal. Um, and and I think the more that he gets integrated, and quite honestly, the more that there's a dangerous striker involved as well, and there's not so much time to just key off on Tyler Boyd, I think that's going to be better. I think the Galaxy looked extremely comfortable in a formation that they like to play in with new guys in there. We're going to talk about the guy who I thought was the biggest surprise. And if it wasn't, Douglas Costa was my man of the match, and it, I don't think it was even close. You, I, Ricky Pouge played great. That was fine. Douglas Costa was outstanding to me. So, well, and the, the, problem, the problem with Costa, for Costa's side, is now he's set this bar. Like we, it, it was always a question of, has he lost it? Well, the last few weeks show that he has not lost it, that he can play at this level. And if he drops below this level, then the questions are going to start again because he's just too good not to play at this level. And and just quickly to get back to the F.A. and Alvarez question with Costa and Tyler Boyd uh, and this whole midfield playing the way it's playing, there's no room for Efra right now. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, I wouldn't start him over any of those guys. I wouldn't even sub him over any of those guys. Which is why he's not on the bench. I mean, it's very – it's. You know, sometimes we ask ourselves why guys aren't in the place. Well, take a look at what Efrain Alvarez has done this year and tell me that you think he deserves to be on the bench over some of these other guys. And the answer is no. Right. So anyway, uh, the the big surprise for me was 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 Surreal and, and Edwin Surreal. Well, he's 22 years old. Uh, yes. And, and he's played 80 something games for for Dallas in Major League Soccer. He's not a newcomer to this. I was talking to Greg Vanny after the after the game and I was sort of like, you know, he played outstanding, but more than anything, he has to stay out of the way. I mean, because you have Ricky Pooge, you have Douglas Costa, they like to cut inside. And I go, the fact is you put a new piece in there. You gave him the job of sitting deep and being like sort of a defensive buffer, right? Him and Uri Rossell were more sitting deep. Uh, they were, <coughs> they would break up counters. They did all that stuff. 
But Cerillo needed to stay out of the way. Not only did Cerillo stay out of the way, he fit into that whole formation. He fit into the passing formation. He did all the things that you wanted to do. He even broke some lines with passes. He had a great shot that almost went in from outside the box. I mean, if you're talking about the biggest surprise, the guy who I didn't know whether or not he would be able to, Edwin Cerillo is a is a godsend for these last you know 12 games. Well, and Greg talked about it afterwards. You know, he brought in uh, Cerillo, Fagundes. Those are guys with experience in the league. They've been around the league. They know the travel. They know the stadiums. They know the weather. All that stuff that really trips up a lot of new players to this league. Those guys know that stuff, and they can talk about it, and they experience it. And, and then you have two guys, Yoshida and Billy Sharp, who are new to the league, new to those that travel and experience. And, and so it, it, it it's sort of a perfect balance. And again, I like you talked about earlier about the three injuries, how Greg said everyone's healthy except for the three injuries. Let's not forget the three injuries are you have uh, uh, Chicharito, Mexico's all-time leading scorer. You have Gastron Bergman, the, the, the captain after Chicharito, a guy that turned things around last year. Uh, and then you have uh, uh, Caceres, who's a four-time World Cup player from Uruguay. Those are big those are big absences. And what do you do during this little break? You replace Caceres with Yoshida, World Cup player, former national team captain from Japan. You add Cerillo and Fagundes into a midfield uh, in place of Brugman. Cerillo taking that position right now. And then Billy Sharp up top to, to you know, provide some of that veteran leadership up top. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just think Wilkins did a masterful job of getting these guys – when you think about the hurdles they had to go through with the uh, penalties and and and, and uh, sanctions from MLS, the uh, the Fagundes thing. Let's talk about that a little bit. That was a guy who was supposed to be making his debut. Biggest problem of the night for the LA Galaxy. If you want to talk about positives and negatives, Kevin, there's lots, and you can you can do a lot of things. Uh, the fact that the LA Galaxy fumbled the lineup, the fumbled the the changing of numbers, uh, and uh, Greg Vanny added clarification to it today. Basically, there has to be a registration coming from Major League Soccer and from the LA Galaxy in order to change those numbers whenever it happens. Those steps were missed or they weren't picked up on, right? Now, the big thing is that Cerillo, they updated the roster just before kickoff to actually make sure that Cerillo had the correct number as well. Because he was listed as number six. And they had two number sixes and on the And there's already number six. That's yeah. right. And so they already had two. And then you had Diego Fagundes put in as number 14. Now, it still does not make sense to me, and, and nobody's been able to provide clarification, and there won't be. But the LA Galaxy fumbled it. Greg Vanny more or less said so today, um, whatever he said. Also, that MLS, for some reason, MLS has, like, you know, can't, needs to have some sort of uh, ability to change roster numbers. Like, how how is that not just automated and it's not a big deal? These are just numbers well, for guys they set, and then you're like, okay, these are the numbers, and then it should be done. Well, what Greg said is that MLS apparently, when these guys came over in the trade, just populated them into the roster with those numbers. Right. So there were two number sixes. The Galaxy, I guess, caught that one. With Fagundes, his number... Uh, and his previous team in Austin was 14. So they, MLS just said, you're number 14. Well, wait a minute. Chicharito's number 14. He's still on the team. Fagundes took number 21, um, just added the touchdown and extra point onto the 14. Right. Took number 21, wore that onto the field. And then when he went to the fifth official, the fifth official said, no, we won't let you on. You're number 14. Galaxy argued we already have a 14. It was amazing. A anytime you go to the Galaxy gift shop and you get an uh, – a jersey with the name and number on the back, and they tell you to come back in a half hour. Look at what the Galaxy did. They had someone run into the locker room, make up a whole new jersey for Fagundes in his size with the number 14 and his name, one of the longest on the team, on the back, brought it back out. Major League Soccer said, no, you just told us he was number 21. You can't be 14 now. It was a mess. But I, MLS deserves some of the blame for this by not thinking, but the Galaxy really, as you said earlier on social media, this is like, in a season where everything has gone wrong, from the supporter boycott to the three injuries to everything, um, this is just sort of yet another misstep that shouldn't happen, and it just in a bizarre season. But the Galaxy should have caught it. Um, it this was a huge error, and the fact that they won the game, you can kind of laugh about it. But if they had lost or even had you know had a draw when Fagundes could have made a difference. That would have been a huge mistake. Uh, imagine Fagundes, though. Imagine how ticked off you should be. And rightfully so, by the way. And Greg said that he apologized to him. Everybody else got to make their debut except for him. He didn't get to come off the bench. Right? And this is a guy you absolutely 100% would have loved to have some minutes under his belt before he goes up to San Jose. Right? Because the Chicago game was the easier of the two. And I know, you know, it's it got a lot easier with the 10 men. Right? That type of thing. But you could have got him in there. 
right? You could have put him into play. You could have gotten tried him twice. Time. Yeah, yeah, tried they twice. Tried twice. And, and they couldn't get it happen. That's such a huge misstep for a team that only has 11 games left, Kevin, right? 11 games left, and you have to get Diego, uh, Diego Fagundes in there doing Diego Fagundes things, right? You want him to hit the ground running. He already had to sit on his butt for however long it was until the LA Galaxy got to play a game, and now you delayed that coming back another week it should have played against rsl whenever that game got canceled delay delay the chance the 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 bottom line is you had two games that ultimately you could have got them sped up to you needed to have them in the chicago game the biggest problem with the la galaxy wasn't that you know jonathan bond almost passed himself into a uh into an opening goal from chicago um by the way eric zavaleta should have never passed that ball back to jonathan bond in that position whenever he was being pressured like that that's for another time right the galaxy could have gone down early in that game, could have had all those problems. And those are big deals. The bigger fumble, the bigger problem was that they they didn't get the lineup sheet right because Diego Fagundes is going to be one of the most important pieces. You talked about saying, you know, you sort of said these are great additions, the whole deal, but they don't change the they don't change the team. Fagundes, in my opinion, Fagundes and Sharp have the biggest chance of changing this team. Uh, by the way, put my Yoshida in there as well, being he's going to be a starting center back for the rest of the season uh, and a guy who's probably going to play into next year as well. Um, they have the best chance. Those are the guys who have the best chance of making an impact on this LA Galaxy team that needs to score goals. But Gundes is that guy, and the Galaxy screwed that up. They deserve, it, they deserve to be somewhat punished for that. They deserve to have to hang their heads low and take that L a little bit on that. It got, they got away with it, Kevin, but they deserved, They have to take the blame for it, and I think Greg did that today. And another midfielder, which pushes Efra even further down sort of the, the depth chart. You know, as, as good as everything is, and the Galaxy should feel good about things, and I think you were the one that said in their last nine MLS games are 4-1-4, and four, yep. although that game uh, with Chicago did end a three-game losing streak, one against Vancouver and then two in the League's Cup, uh, so good and bad. But the Galaxy are still 13th in the 14-team conference, yeah, but still need to pick up seven points. Yeah, but seven points is out of nine points, right? Already, right. there was closing. No, the it, it's right. progress. It's progress, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, it's, it, let's not throw the parade just yet. The the whole deal there is eventually the Galaxy start playing games in hand. That's not this Wednesday. Wednesday is a full slate of games for Major League Soccer. Everybody's playing on Wednesday, right? This not Wednesday. But whenever they start playing those games in hand, you want that gap to be as small as possible because those are the ones where you get a chance to sort of make up, right? That's where you get to jump when everybody else is standing still. Um, and so those are the big sort of games that are coming up. The fact is, at seven, uh, with you know two games in hand, if they had two wins in those, you're one point back, right? So things can... Uh, I'm telling you, this is going to compress. I see the LA Galaxy as a team that really can do some things. Um I really like the depth. I really like the pieces coming off. We were talking about Douglas Costa. Uh, Kevin over at the uh, LA Galaxy tweeted out this one. I thought it was a good one. Uh, With his assist against Chicago on August 26th, Douglas Costa ranks first in MLS this season with .90 assists per 90 minutes played. uh, Minimum of 650 minutes. Next closest player is Carlos Gill at .63. Costa has tallied seven assists in his last seven starts dating back to June 11th. That's why he was put on the bench for the team of the week. Uh, he should have been part part of that lineup. Ricky Pooj may be a little uh, aggrieved there, Kevin Evans, not making the team of the week uh, at all, but uh, he continues to be outstanding as well. So I don't think there's any... The overall, all positives sort of come out from this this win over Chicago. I think the Galaxy will take it, um, but there's there's a lot to do still with, with San Jose. I mean, this is one of those. San Jose, uh, let's go to the Western Conference real quick, right? So if we go to the Western Conference, where's San Jose? They sit at sixth. You need to take points away from San Jose. You need to make sure they don't get three points. You need to make sure the minimum you get is a point and it keeps you moving. But really, for a team that only has one win on the road so far, one, six, and five on the road, you need to look at a W in San Jose. And they may be right for the picking just in terms of they're sort of wishy-washy in form. Better at home uh, than they are on the road, but uh, I think the Galaxy actually pose a pretty formidable challenge to them. We'll talk a little bit about that. But um, this is... This is this is interesting, Kevin. This team, yes, they're thirteenth out of fourteen. You're absolutely right. That's where they are. As Sasha Kleshin says, the table tells you where you're at, right? How good you are. That's where the, that's how good the LA Galaxy are right now. Thirteen out of fourteen teams. What what do our eyes tell you? My eyes tell you tell me that the LA Galaxy, with the depth they've acquired, with the players they have, with them getting healthy, have a real chance at, at climbing up that well, ladder. Put those standings back up there for a mm-hmm. second because it's interesting. 
the way the Galaxy finished, the next game's coming up. And yes, every game's important, as you said earlier. If they win out, if they win all their games, they're probably going to make the playoffs. But there are games, ha- having said that every game is important, there are some that are more important than others. San Jose is a good example. There are six that probably not a team the Galaxy have a really good chance of catching or even really need to catch. They need that seventh spot. So the games that you're looking at, again, every game is important, but San Jose – and then after that, Houston, a, a game that the, a team that the Galaxy is is really fighting with for those playoff for those playoff berths. Then they uh, then St. Louis and LAFC. Those those teams are gone. They're not going to catch them. They like to get a point at least out of those three points. But they when they play the teams that they're chasing, not only can you win three points, but you can deny your opponent three points. And they have Minnesota at home, uh, you know, on September 20th. Then they go to Austin. Then they have Portland at home. Then Seattle, probably a team they're not going to catch. And then they finish with Minnesota, Real Salt Lake, and Dallas. So these, you know, again, these are, are it's a six-point spread game where if you can get three points and you deny them three points, you move up the table because they come back. As you're moving up, they also come back to you. So the San Jose game is important, but maybe not as important as Houston. The two with Minnesota, that's interesting, too, with Minnesota. Minnesota facing the New Look Galaxy with all their new additions uh, that that's the really bad for Minnesota. If they would have played them earlier in the season, it would have been an easier game for Minnesota. And then finishing with Dallas. I mean, it's going to come down to the Galaxy, probably come down to the Galaxy playing a team from Dallas, from Texas at home with a playoff berth on the line. Seems to be end that way every year. Yeah, it does. By the way, Lex gave us a $5 super chat saying, assuming Fagundes starts, where does he slot in? Would Douglas move to a central attacking midfield role with Ricky and Cerillo Delgado as the CMs? Because that sounds filthy. It is, and I do expect that that's sort of where it happens. I think Douglas slots inside, which he's comfortable doing. Um, but I'll be honest, I mean, you know, seeing Greg, and I thought that Fagundes is going to eventually be a starter, but I don't know if that's the case. Bringing him off the bench for the rest of the season with Costa still there and all that fun stuff, uh, to me, makes a lot of sense to to have him come off the bench. I, he's such a starter, though. I, between him and Boyd, one of those guys is going to start. So we'll see where it goes um, and, and, and does all that. So anyway, uh, that's sort of where we sit with that. Let me see. I'm going to try to see if I can find any other things here. Uh, designated player mi- uh, minutes, 52 And that's point- why Costa has that great percentage for assists per minute because he, he didn't play a lot at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he started eight games. He's played 12 games so far. The Galaxy are at 23 games played so far. So missed uh, more than half the game so far. Yeah, I think right about right about half, right at 50%. Um, that he's at 27.6% of the total minutes available as well. So yeah, not great for, from Doug. Uh, that was Douglas though. Doug can play. He's, he's fine. Um, I'm watching this. We always talk about the point percentage, right? And I always say that whenever you get a point or better, right? So a draw or better, this has slowly been climbing the 50, 56.5%. It's not a really good stat. For some reason, I'm just obsessed with it. I watch it. I look at some of the other years where they won MLS cups when they were good and you start getting into the sixties and the seventies, um, whenever you have a team that actually is pretty good. So keep an eye on that. Um, I'll tell you, uh, Kevin, the LA Galaxy should just try to score three goals every game because that certainly helps out on uh, a lot of things. Uh, it helps out their home points whenever they win at home. Now 17 points or 1.55 points per game uh, when we go on the road, which is what the LA Galaxy will be doing on Wednesday. 0.67 points per game. Uh, only eight points so far from the road, so that's something to watch. Uh, looking at our points per month chart, the LA Galaxy have a chance to go undefeated in a month for the first time. That, of course, would be winning the two games that nope, they have nope, in August. Undefeated in June. Undefeated in, in June. In June? Oh, they were. Uh, let's say they could go. How about they win every game they play in a month? There yeah, we go. Okay. Win out. Win out in the in August. That would help them out uh, tremendously as well. So that's something to watch. I was talking about the goal scoring. Uh, the LA Galaxy now at 28 goals. So they've given up 37. Having said all of that, the three goals that they scored actually vaulted them into an almost res- a more respectable projected 34 game total, which is 41.4 goals scored uh, and giving up 54.7 scoring three goals in a shutout certainly helped those stats. I watched them jump whenever we uh, whenever we put them in there. But you know what? The clean sheet is almost more important because they really need to reduce that goal differential. I mean, it's a good chance that that's going to be one of the things that determines who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, by the way, Josie says in the chat room, will Vanny go with a three-plus consecutive wins this year? Will Vanny? No. Remember, Vanny, since he joined the LA Galaxy, the Galaxy have never won three games in a row under Vanny. They've won now one. If they beat San Jose, that's two. Can they get the three before the end of the season, Kevin? Will the LA Galaxy win three games in a row before the end of the season? Your prediction, sir? Uh, no. Yeah, it's a tough one. 
there's going to be a draw in there. It's going to be goofy. Yeah, I think, that's what I, I I think they have a three game, at least one three game unbeaten streak, maybe more than one. But I think if there's a draw in there and that's what happened last year. Remember, they were so hot at the end of the season. Everyone talks about they lost one of the last 11 games. I think they only won four or five of them, though. There are a lot of draws. Um, if we want to crash back down to reality for a little bit, let's do that. The LA Galaxy at 25 points through 23 games, better than the 2017 season, better than the 2007 season. But that would be it. They're still in the bottom, probably, you know, 5% of games uh, of teams through the years through LA Galaxy teams in terms of points. I see that total going up, but at 25 right now, last year at this point, Kevin, which is kind of crazy to think, they had just five more points um, and they made the playoffs. But those five points ended up vaulting them into the fourth place. So now you have the LA Galaxy looking at nine, looking at seven, you know, looking at eight, looking at seven possibly if they go on the same stretch run that they did in 2022. I just, I, I think that one's interesting. And what's our target number for the playoffs? Uh, are we saying 42? Right. They need 17 and 11 games. That's 1.55 points per game. Hey, you keep winning and that, that number starts getting small, gets, gets more achievable. I'm just saying, Yeah. Uh, you know, you should do it. Uh, LA Galaxy for the eighth time this season scored first, uh, three, nothing win over Chicago that puts them six one and one whenever they score first oh nine and three whenever they allow the first goal so it almost sounds like that's important for or something right it does all right we've gone through the schedule already you sort of noted that we've gone through the standings in terms of where the LA Galaxy stand uh, if you want to look at them in the supporter shield standings they are now fourth from the bottom um, they are above inner Miami they're above Toronto they're above Colorado uh, one of the teams that's above them, Kevin, we were talking about Portland, whether the coaching change would spur them. Right now, it looks like they are they may be mailing it in uh, whenever you look at, at Portland and sort of what they possibly could be doing. Um, so maybe that's good uh, for the LA Galaxy. The other thing is I told you full slate of games on Wednesday uh, coming up. So there is your schedule, Atlanta and Cincinnati, Charlotte, Orlando, Miami, Nashville, New England, uh, uh, Red Bull, New York City, Montreal, Toronto, Philadelphia, on and on, San Jose, uh, LA Galaxy, one of the last games along with Portland RSL. All right. So you can certainly and watch Portland, out. Portland, by the way, has lost, Portland's lost four in a row and they're going to play Real Salt Lake at home on Wednesday. That's really important to the Galaxy because that's definitely one of the teams they need to get around. Yeah. RSL got blanked. What was it? Three nothing, I think, by Houston or, or was it even more than that? I, I was watching in the press box while we were while we were watching the game as well. So I, I remember I saw that, but they lost heartily. And and it's funny because you look at Houston and you would say that Houston probably hasn't been as good as RSL. Um, but RSL now maybe has been the better team. And you're like, oh, man, they're they're prime for it. But they seem to be stumbling a little bit. There's a lot of inconsistency in the Western Conference. And I think the LA Galaxy, if they find consistency, just like last year, can take advantage of the other team's inconsistency. Um, that's a big ask, though, Kevin. It still feels like a big ask. You ready to talk about San Jose a little bit? Yeah. All right. The, the, the former Cali Classico. It's still the Cali Classico. It's just, it's 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 the Cali Classico. Just not so cla- it's just not so classic anymore. It's just you know I I don't know maybe it was better whenever San Jose played at a glorified high school stadium. Maybe that was maybe that was the the peak of this. That was a bad place. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, San Jose uh, hosting the LA Galaxy. 7.30 p.m. is your TV start time. 7.39 p.m. is your kickoff time. Game on Apple TV. This game being played at uh, PayPal Park. Uh, you Avaya. Have, yeah. Avaya. Avaya. You're still going Avaya. You, just, you're, <laughs> yes. you, can't, you don't like change, do you? No, I don't. You kids get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, if you want an interesting stat, Ted Uncle will be the VAR guy. Uh, it was Edvin uh, Jurasevich, by the way. Remember the LA Galaxy almost went down and there was a penalty... Uh, or a a penalty shout uh, by Chicago. It was never a penalty. It was stupid. VAR was moronic for even suggesting that uh, that Elfath look at that, and Elfath waved it off as soon as he saw the replay. He's like, no, there's nothing there. It was fine. So uh, I agreed with that. But uh, just so you know, the, the VAR is Ted Uncle, so that way whenever you want to well, yell and, at something. And what's interesting, if Ted Uncle screws up, his, his wife, Christine Uncle, is the the uh, rules of the game interpreter or whatever you want to call it, commentator for Apple TV. So if he screws up, it's going to be his wife who's going to go on Apple TV and talk about what he did wrong. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Uh, that's for sure. Um, match details on this. San Jose with 33 wins, LA with 42 wins, 18 draws total. As I said, the LA Galaxy haven't lost to San Jose in 2023. This is the last chance for San Jose to get any sort of points off of it. Galaxy have one win and one draw so far this season. Um, and uh, bottom line is, I was trying to find 
like the last time they played at, at like Earthquake Stadium, I guess is because they lost the uh, the naming rights. So the last time the LA Galaxy actually got to play at PayPal Park, um, Avaya Stadium, Earthquake Stadium, however you want to say it, was back in 2020. October 3rd, 2020 was the last time that actually happened. Uh, the LA Galaxy ended up losing that game 2-1, to one, right? So keep that in mind. As well, you, and as and San Jose is coming off a 3 nothing loss to Sporting Kansas City. They've won just one of their last four, uh, one of their last four, including Leagues Cup. They've only scored one goal in their last four games. So they're they're scuffling a little bit. This they, is a good time for the Galaxy to get them. It feels like they're scuffling a little bit, right? Uh, you know, Greg Vanny mentioned uh, Ob- Ob- Obibuse. I, I never say it. Jeremy Obibuse. Uh, up top, uh, the Espinos on the outside, K. Cowell on the outside as well. He said, you have to deal with those three. And he goes, really, they play a 4-3-3. It's a good matchup for us. Um, you have to watch it. This is a transition team, right? So San Jose loves to get in tr- transition and cause problems. Their defense looks like traffic cones. If you go back and watch that uh, Sporting Kansas City game, uh, there was a lot of standing around as Sporting Kansas City sort of poured in the goals uh, on that one. If we go to the... Uh, <clears throat> well, don't, don't they still do the man marking San Jose? Which- no. No, he, okay. Greg said they that. They got away from that. Yeah, they got away from that. Well, because they have uh, Luchi Gonzalez in there now, right? So, so Luchi. Yeah, came that in. was a disaster. Yeah, I mean, it worked for a little while. It was a, it was very gimmicky, right? In terms of, it, in terms of what they were trying to do, and so it worked and it confused people for a while, and then people figured out how to get around it. Uh, with Luchi in there, they're very much a four-three-three. They're very much a counterattacking team. Uh, so it's about managing transitions. I mean, you know, if if I'm Greg Vanny, you know, Mark Delgado and and possibly, uh, you know, Edwin Sarrio uh, are the guys that you're going to put back in there to calm the defense, to stay, to let Ricky Puj go forward. You have Douglas Costa, Diego Fagundes should play in this game. Um, so there's a lot of things that I think the LA Galaxy have going for. I don't, let's put it this way. I don't think the Galaxy should go up there being nervous about this game. I feel like they're the better team on paper. Um, that hasn't meant a lot for the LA Galaxy this year. And I know on the road, having said they only won one game so far, that's also a pretty big stretch to say, oh, well, the Galaxy are going to go have an easy time of it. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a crazy, stupid game at some point. There's going to be some transitions and stuff like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if you get a game where there's like five goals in the game. That seems like that's almost in the cards for this one. And by the way, if you want to go out and get your Diego Fagundes Galaxy jersey with the name on the back, apparently it's number 21. 21. That's the one. Number one. You. And by the way, I think, Grown men wearing jerseys with another man's name in the back is really creepy, but women and kids go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They're just you're 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 some of the takes you have I, are so horrible that I wonder <laughs> that like people haven't like waited for you to beat you up at your car. Like I, I just I I just it just it feels like that. It feels like you're the guy who comes in and you're like, well, my ice cream was only you know was was only thirty two <laughs> degrees and I expected it to be twenty eight degrees and it was like really. Well, I am the most cooperative guy at Starbucks. I don't do that water one hundred and eighty degrees. I, I'm so cooperative. But go ahead and tell me why you think it's not creepy for a fifty year old guy to be wearing a twenty year old guy's name on the back. Who cares? Of the shirt. Have fun. Stop worrying about it. I'm gonna start. Yeah, I'm, if if your wife told me that your middle name was Karen, I would believe her. You're 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 <laughs> definitely in that zone. It's like it's like oh hey oh I can't believe you eat sushi with chopsticks. How dare you? How about you just do what you do? I do, I, I, I uh, when I ha- eat sushi, I do it with chopsticks. Oh well, how dare you use little pieces of wood to to, to eat your food? It's it's ridiculous. People are allowed to wear jerseys, whatever. They they feel connected to a team. They feel connected to a player in many ways. And people in this chat room right there. By the way, does that shirt have a name on the back of it? You wouldn't. It does not. Yeah, I know. Not. I know. And I, I knew that. But no. But by the way, there was people who were like, man, I can't wait to go out and get a Mayu Yoshida jersey. That guy impresses me. It's a sign of respect. I can't wait to go get a Billy Sharp jersey. Billy Sharp is the embodiment of the type of player that I want. I can't wait to get an AJ De La Garza kit right i have bunches of kits back in here from galaxy players from guys who are not galaxy players who went on to play other places right that i respect the heck out of right and that's why i have them i'd be honored to wear one of their jerseys to do any of that stuff so don't 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 come in there should i get hermosa put on the back of this one you're you're just yeah yeah aaron by the way one of your biggest fans the guy who like defends you all the time says i'm a huge baxter fan but this is a really dumb take by kevin so so I'm glad. I talked to I maybe maybe in soccer it's a little different. I know I've talked to a lot of baseball players who would get creeped out by it. Yeah, this is ba- don't don't cross the sports. Don't don't do that. I can't just yeah. Somebody just said I can't wait to get an Efrain Alvarez jersey. 
Oh. <laughs> I, there won't be a long line for those. I'm going to make a joke and I'm going to apologize for it as well. At least I'd fit into uh, a, a, uh, a, an Ephraim Alvarez jersey, you know, just <laughs> that, in all those ways. So, um, again, I apologize. I knew that was bad in the very beginning. Uh, it, it, it's, it, you know, but in reality, the whole thing with Ephraim, I know that, you know, he lends himself to, to people joking about him for various reasons. And yep. I hope he doesn't wind up with David Ochoa as an assistant coach at the Ventura County Fusion. But it is kind of sad because there is no doubt that guy was hugely talented and still is probably. And then at the beginning of the season, remember we talked about he had a personal trainer and came to camp looking great and played so well in the preseason. And we were all predicting this was the season when he just breaks out. And I don't know what happened. I mean, it was early in the season. We began to see it tail off. And when's the last time he played? I don't even know. Has he started this season? Right. I mean, but that was the whole joke was that, oh, this is the year that Efrain Alvarez is coming, is breaking out. That was the joke. I mean, he even got the number seven. Now the number seven isn't even on the team sheet. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a cautionary tale. Listen, I've always said it. If you followed the the lower levels of of soccer for as long as 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 really it's been around here in the United States, or you know, you go watch the LA Galaxy too. Imagine how many things have to go right in order for you to make it to the senior team. And like things just, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen for everybody. As much as we'd like to pretend, Kevin, that it is all skill based, it is not, right? Things have to happen in order for you to get there. Like if you play shortstop for the New York Yankees, right? And you don't mix sports, don't mix sports. I'm allowed to. I know how to do it correctly. <laughs> okay. If you, okay. if you, if you were, if you played shortstop for the Yankees, let's say you were coming up. And you get, you're like, man, I am the best thing. You're tearing it up in AAA. You're doing all these things, right? And they come up, and then, but wait, there's this guy at shortstop. Oh, it's Derek Jeter, right? It's like you're never playing. Y- y- your only hope is that you get out of that organization and go somewhere else, right? Because there's no place for you to go, right? Or you play third base. You know, Alex Rodriguez is over there, right? You know, oh, you know, you, you can go into that. You're a really great hitter, and uh, you play first place behind Tony Gwynn. Right. Like it's never happening. Right. That's what we've seen with the L.A. Galaxy is that even whenever you have these really good offensive players that they haven't gotten the chance to play. And just because you get the chance to play doesn't mean that you're best at that. Efrain Alvarez had a ton of promise. It didn't pan out. That's the story of sports up and down every coast in every city of every league of every sport. Right. Is there's a lot of promise and it doesn't pan out. And you can look down the, the Galaxy roster through the years. Jack McBean, who did have some success, but. You know, was supposed to be the next Landon Donovan. That really didn't happen. I guess the one exception to that rule would be uh, Araujo. Julian Araujo did did play very well as a young player and did carve out his own niche and did find a position and did get on the field. And now he has turned that into something. But yeah, I mean, the, the number of guys that that I don't want to say wash out, but most, you know, you're right. Everything has to go right. Most guys wash out. That's the thing you have to remember. Most guys are not starters on major league soccer teams. You could play soccer your whole life. You could be one of the best players on your college team. You could be all this stuff. You could do it. Most of those guys are never setting foot as a starter on an MLS team. Not a lot getting in. I mean, we can make fun of guys like Ethan Zubak and all those type of things. That dude's out there. He's playing. He's on a roster. He's there, right? Uh, Nick DePew, he's there. They've made it to these points. If you're dressing for games, you're doing a huge thing, right? So understand and have some respect for the journey because the journey ends outside of people's control more often than not, right? Injuries, um, contracts don't get picked up. Um, Greg Vanny was talking about Adam Saldana and he said, you know, it's tricky for Adam. Let's, you know, he's, his contract is up. We'll see what, what the future holds, but Adam Saldana may not be an LA galaxy player anymore, which means that maybe he'll go somewhere else. But does that mean he's going to another MLS team, Kevin? I don't know. Maybe it's a USL team. Maybe he never plays MLS again. And you do see a lot of guys wind up in the USL championship, which is why it's important to have that league here. But Greg said something interesting about Saldana when he said, we're going to have a talk at the end of the season to see whether he fits with us. He's a young player who needs minutes somewhere. Um, and I really appreciate Greg taking the player side in, into that as well. It's like, yeah, he's a really good guy. We'd love to, I, I'm, you know, extrapolating now, but yeah, he's a really good guy. We'd love to have him back, but that's not in his best interest. He needs to go somewhere to play. 
Yep. All right, we got to end this uh, because my DoorDash Why? dinner is coming. I just got the notification. What would you get? The, uh, I got halal guys. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, know, I like that. That's some good. I got some uh, a chicken and uh, I think uh, uh, some lamb uh, platter or something like that. I don't know. It's but you know what's of, really good about that is they're not going to. You're not going to spill the drink all over the, the, the car seat, the seat of your car. Like you might spill it in the in the kitchen, but you're not going to spill it in the car. That is correct, sir. That is correct. All right. Um, anything else? San Jose game. I mean, this is a big one for the LA Galaxy. I'm actually really excited to see how they trot it out. And I think this is, I think if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you should feel confident going into this game, which is not something you've been able to say a lot this year, but still some rust, still some things to shake off. Speaking of wanting jerseys with a guy's name on the back, how much would you pay for that number 14 Diego Fagundes jersey never oh, worn in action? Dude, it was, it, we were all saying that in the press box. We're like, collector's item, somebody grab that. Who's getting that? You know, yeah. I, I hope Diego gets it and keeps it in, I, his, well, in his stuff. I, yeah, or, or either he keeps it or the, the Galaxy could auction it off for charity. I mean, it is kind of a cool thing to have. It is, comes off of uh, complete stupidity and a total mistake. And I, I like, Should if, if Galaxy, they, if you're, if you're listening, Galaxy, turn this mistake into something good. Yeah, auction it off. Do 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 something like that. So anyway, uh, that's what we got. San Jose coming up. Um, uh, the LA Galaxy taking on San Jose, 7.30 p.m. Uh, is your TV time. 7.39 is your kickoff time. MLS season pass on Apple TV. All right. Anything else, Kev? You good? That's it. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com. Please check them, check them out there. All the soccer writing, all that fun stuff. LATimes.com at kbaxter11. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgessman, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on threads. All that fun stuff. Facebook, Corner of the Galaxy on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff as well. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Hey, we're back live. It actually worked. That's always nice. Uh, so thanks for hanging in there with us as we got, got through all that. YouTube was playing nice today. LA Galaxy San Jose coming up on Wednesday night. We'll have coverage on Twitter uh, at Galaxy Podcast. We'll see you there. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patrick Esman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.